And you are tuning in to Why Not Sports with the homie D Murph. So why not? Why not? Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Yeah. Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? D Murph. You a fool for this one. <laughs> yeah. We interrupt this regularly scheduled programming for this special report. I'm Cole Johnson of Cole Sports, and this is your Why Not Sports short. So, yeah, man, it's just something that I'm truly, truly, truly grateful for. But, uh, oh, hey, hey, y'all, what, what's up, world? There, there I go again talking about truly grateful for. But I am grateful for this gentleman, this brother who is back. Who was actually a part of the earlier shows in January of this year? Yep, January of 2018. Blessed us with, of course, with Big Roy, Roy Boy Turn Up Roy, which will not be with us today. However, world, I have a gentleman, someone that's been rocking with us for this long, decided to even come back and bless us. He is the host of Locked On Broncos with his co-host, Mr. Cameron Parker. He is also someone that I know can talk sports, no matter what genre of sports, was a former athlete. And if y'all don't believe me, check out the earlier episode that we did. It was titled, Will the Broncos Go Back to Their Winning Ways? NFL analyst Cody Work. What's up, brother? Hey, my man. Always good to rejoin you guys here. I wish we had Big Roy here, man, but uh, obviously we'll catch up with him at another time. I know he's working, grinding, doing all that craziness, man, but uh, yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy year. It, it, it's really been that long <laughs> since we last talked sports, man. I, I felt like it was forever, though, from January <laughs> to now. We're approaching it, man. That's crazy, man, and that is a fact. And Big Roy, I know you listening because you are grinding and securing that bag. Um, I sent you a text with uh, some Christmas ideas for the big homie. So just you know, you got you know some time. But anyway, I always got to put in my request because he's a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. I feel like we're all staying busy with this sports thing. You know, sports is a constant. You know, that's one thing I like about. Being in this industry is that it's a constant. There's no downtime, right. hardly ever. It's always a grind. It's always something to talk about. And man, I love. I, I can't wait to just continue to talk about it. All, you know, with you guys here today, man. I'm excited. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and like I said, man, thank you again for taking your time out your schedule to rock with us. I know we are huge when it comes to having guests that has been with us before. As they say, repeating. As far as guests, appearances, and things like that. So after a while, it's a it's a brothership. That's something I'm starting to use for 2019 instead of, you know, friendship or brotherhood. I just combine them and say brothership. So that's something I might have to patent. But anyway, so, Cody, for those first-time listeners, though, who do not really know, you know, you or haven't checked out the episode, just kind of let them know some additional things about you that I might not have added. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if you love sports, you love the Broncos, I'm an NFL analyst. I cover the National Football League, but I also primarily cover the Denver Broncos over at Locked On Broncos. Very uh, blessed to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You know, we, we've grown tremendously. So if you love sports, we have a Locked On NFL branch with hosts for every single NFL team in the league. We have a Locked On NBA branch with hosts from every single team in the National Basketball Association. We have a growing MLB branch. We also have the addition, the rising new addition of the Locked On NCAA branch from some of the biggest universities around the nation. So, you know, the, the network is growing unbelievably big. Very blessed to be part of it. 
Uh, been doing lockdown Broncos almost two years now, and and I tell you what, it's just been a journey to <laughs> to go through sports from when you start off, and, and you know this as well as I do, Merv, man. Right. You, when you start off doing this, it's like okay, you know this is fun, <laughs> you know, but it's like with training wheels, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know, f- flash forward two years, everything becomes second nature, and it's like wow, you know, just from where you were to where you are now, and it's crazy. And so from the time we did this back in uh, January right. to now, I think for both <laughs> sides, man, it's been huge. Yes, sir, and, and, and I agree. It has been huge, and, and like I told you when we first linked up, I think that was a good way for us to start the year when you have someone like you who has the background as an athlete, who is a podcaster and an NFL analyst. Those were, well, you are a person or those ty- with those type of qualities. I'm like, if we're going to branch out, Let's see where it can go. And now, to almost a year later, for you to be like, yo, Merv, yo, yo, I'm like, yo, Cody, like, man, we do this. Like, yo, we see the <laughs> grind. We see the respect. It's something that's mutual. So, man, I'm one again, like I said earlier, before I even really noticed we were recording world, I'm truly grateful, man, and look forward to more things to come. It's going to be put on air. Yep. Colorado, Denver, the big homie, Big Roy, Cody. Don't be surprised if uh, you you see uh, a few pictures and a collaboration to come. Hey man, I'm all for it. I, I love this <laughs> stuff, man. This is uh this is definitely my dream. You know, I never thought I'd be at this point in my life, and crazy to see where it's gonna go, man. I, you know, the sky's always a limit, man, in this industry and and doing what you you know you do and the, the connections that you make, man. Tell you what, I, I like the theme. I like the theme for the episode you mentioned as grateful because, man, I'm great and I'm full at the same Ooh. exact time. In these, oh, like you said, it's a lot going in the sports world, man. I know for those listeners, like, okay, Merv, we, we got to hear this sports talk. I, I kind of want to just talk about, I, I want to, I know you do the NFL and the Broncos, but I'm going to go, I'm going to change it up just a little bit. I want to talk about, College. I want to talk about the NCAA. I want to talk about, you know, that college basketball is here. The Duke Blue Devils. I want to talk about Gonzaga. Just kind of what, because those are some marquee teams as of right now. What are your thoughts on what you've seen from Duke as of right now? Oh, man. Yeah, you know what? At the beginning of the year, you know, I, I've, I've been a big fan of Zion Williamson. Back when he was in high school, you know, everyone's like, oh, all he does is dunk. He has no ability to shoot the ball. And I was like, hey, you guys are going to be very, very surprised. <laughs> right. So come on, you know, just uh, in the exhibition matchups earlier in the year, the Duke, Duke put on a show, man, and, and the level of basketball they were playing, just the, the talent they have all around with Barrett and, and not only Zion Williamson, but that team as a whole, they're very, very young. They're all very young. So if they stay at Duke for – Two to three years, they could they could wreak some havoc. I mean, they're gonna be a, a, t- a tough tough team to face in March when you have the tournament. But as we saw, I think that youth kind of got to them a little bit mm-hmm. when they lost to Gonzaga. So yeah. Gonzaga always is that one team that always likes to try to knock teams off. I, I know Duke is eyeing that that you know they they're not gonna forget that loss obviously, but. Right. From what they've been able to do this year, just the level of dominance, how deadly they are in transition. I mean, you just throw the ball up to Zion Williamson, and he's in the air. And <laughs> we have not, and and I hate to sound cliche, but we have not seen a player like Zion Williamson since, in my opinion, since LeBron James, all the way back when LeBron was in high school. I don't think we've seen a player with the athletic stature and at the height and at the weight that Zion Williamson plays at. I don't think we've seen a player like this in a long time, so I feel like he's a generational talent type of player. Once in a generation, you're going to get. And, and I think we're blessed right now to see him. So I, for me, just how strong he is, just his basketball IQ at an early age. I mean, he's a young guy still. You know, he just got out of high school literally last year. So right. he's a young guy. But, you know, there's already talk he's going to be a number one pick in the NBA draft. I feel like, hey, you know what, I'm not his financial advisor. I'm not. You know, He's got some value now. You know, right. I wouldn't be surprised if he declared for the NBA draft. However, we all know this. And, and, and for all the young listeners listening out there, you know, that are chasing that sports dream. Right. Absolutely. Athletically, that's important. But invest in yourself. Your education is so important. Education is the number one thing. Knowledge is the number one thing that you can have in this world. Yes, sir. Uh, trust me. Money comes and goes, but your knowledge, you got to keep learning. You're at a time of your life where education is so important. So if, you know, if, if you're a uh, number one draft pick in the NBA or the NFL, you're a prospect, 
don't always just throw all your eggs in one shell. Still work on your education. So some of these National Football League players, some of these NBA players, you know, they go on. Let's say they leave college early. They still somehow find a way to do their college, whether it be online or, you know, they attend something here or there. They still do that. So don't throw your education out the window. But, you know, with Zion Williamson, just the NCAA, you know, we're shaping up to be here in a couple months. It's going to be real fun because we're going to be doing our brackets and everything like that. Oh, yeah. I I feel as if. There is a pretty good competitive balance. You know, we have Kentucky that when we watched Duke versus Kentucky at the beginning of the year, we're like, okay, you know, this is the matchup everybody yeah. likes to watch. And then there's absolutely blasted Kentucky. I mean, it was yeah, it was Hall. unbelievable what we saw. And then Seton Hall, didn't they take them to overtime? Yeah, absolutely. And then and they, then they had that no buzzer beat them. Yep. And then they had the they had the buzzer beater. You know, it, yeah. the, I think sports it doesn't matter. Like we talk about it on football. We talk about any given Sunday in the NCAA. I, if you have a if you've ever filled out a bracket, you know the you know the pain Ooh. of picking a team that you think is going to absolutely demolish another team that's a lower, you know, that's a lower ranked seed and all of a sudden they get shocked. I mean, it, it, no surprise. This is the funnest time of the year in March especially. <laughs> That's my birthday month, man. So I'm, I'm like, okay, you know what? This is fun. I'm excited for this time of the year. It's a gift. And with that being said, Whirl, I'm, I'm trying to recruit him. I know he, he usually rock with us. But around February or March, Big Roy will be ready. So I want you to know that so we can really maybe do some bracket talk so who we picked. Close to the playoffs for the NBA, the champions for NFL. So we're gonna really have a lot to talk about. So I just want to throw that out there, sir. Oh man, it's gonna be it. Yeah, that's this time <laughs> from now until then. I tell you what, it's a dream, man. It's a dream. It's sports, 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 sports. I, I'm excited, man. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good idea we could do. Yes, indeed. NBA. It's mm-hmm. your Nuggets. Shout out to the Denver Nuggets. No disrespect. I would not have put them number one. Even if they said, hey, Merv, going into Christmas, they would be number one. I'd have said maybe on 2K, NBA 2K, (laughs) not in real life. I'm just being honest. I'm looking at, of course, my beloved Spurs. They're working on some stuff, you know, some transactions before the trading deadline, maybe John Wall. Maybe anyway, I'm just throwing it out there. Of course, you have OKC, you have the champions in Golden State. So and even Portland, Portland Trailblazers. So for your Nuggets, man, to come out, I'm I, I, I'm not gonna say come out of nowhere because Nikola Jokic is the is the man, silent mm-hmm. assassin, Mister Triple Double, quietly. So I'm not knocking his talent and what he brings to that team. But for you being in Denver, so on that closely watched the Nuggets, can you just give a quick overview on the Nuggets and truthfully are you surprised that they are holding the number one spot right now in the Western Conference? Oh, yeah. I, I think everybody is surprised because <laughs> – if you would have gone back to the offseason, I mean, the Nuggets, I mean, there's no denying. You look at the Nuggets last year, you know, the last two seasons, they've missed the playoffs by one game in a very tough conference. The Western Conference is one of the toughest, I'd say one of the toughest conferences in all of sports. I mean, yes, you look sir. at that compared to the Eastern Conference, right. you know, the Nuggets could have got in, you know, in the Eastern Conference as probably a four, a four seed last year, you know. Right. So when I look at the Western Conference, how talented it is. You have Houston, you have L.A. now, which they're still going through yeah, some motion. Yeah, I forgot you about have, Houston. Yeah. yeah, you had Minnesota, you know, you have Golden State, you have all these different teams. You have Portland. These are some teams that have been very, very competitive. And, and right now the Nuggets have the best record in the Western Conference as of today. You know, they, they're 19-9 and nine at this point. Uh, I think overall nobody saw this coming. And here's another thing, you know, I think that's really surprising with the Nuggets. They've been playing very unselfish basketball this year. Now, mm-hmm. offensively, they're one of the highest-rated teams in the in the league last year. That hasn't really been there this year, though. They've really struggled shooting the ball, especially from three-point land this year. Mm-hmm. They've had a little bit of that. But what's working for the Nuggets is that they've put such a strong emphasis in the offseason on defensive play. Obviously, being aggressive, mm-hmm. being aggressive on your rotating screens. They, they've done a very good job doing that, and it's led by guys like Gary Harris and, you know, Jamal Murray's up this game defensively, too. And Nikola Jokic has 
uh, underratedly had a very good year defensively. And they have Mason Plumley. They have Paul Millsap, who is very good defensively. Yeah. But at the beginning of the year, the Nuggets lost in their second game of the season. They lost Will Barton. He had a, a groin injury, an adductor tear. He had to get surgery on. He's week to week. But they lost him, a key player who was their starting three. Mm-hmm. And then you go on and you lose Gary Harris. Gary Harris has a couple of injuries here and there. Mm-hmm. He just hurt his hip a couple of weeks ago, and he's out almost a month now. And then mm-hmm. Paul Millsap on the road in Atlanta. He breaks his big right toe. He's out for a month as well. So the Nuggets, they've been winning without three of their best players, three of their starters. They're down three starters, and they only have Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic as the true starters that are still on that team. So what they've been able to do is is find ways to be successful by playing unselfish basketball, rotating, playing aggressive defense, and really not caving in. I mean, we saw when the Nuggets played the, the Thunder, um, I believe, back in Denver, you know, it was an aggressive play. This just a, a week ago or so, right, you know, along right, those lines. But right. Russell Westbrook and Jamal Murray got into it. And at this point, last year, we saw Russell Westbrook shove Nikola Jokic down, and nobody did anything. Right. It was almost like, wow, I'm not going to step up to him. Right. This is this Nuggets team is different. Right. This Nuggets team was not going to back down from anybody, and we saw that, you know, against the Thunder. And Nikola Jokic went after Russell Westbrook oh, for yeah. trying to shove his teammate. And that, right. to me, I was like, I was surprised. I was like, all right, this team... The, the mentality, the attitude of this team is unbelievable. But for them to be number one in the Western Conference heading into Christmas, I, I tell you what, I am very surprised. And when you look at the Western Conference standings, you have Golden State, you have L.A., you have all these other teams, Portland, you have the Clippers. The Nuggets have beaten all these teams so far this year. And, and that, to me, is unbelievable. It, it's very surprising. I didn't expect it at the beginning of the year, but you know what? I'm excited. You know, There's a lot of optimism for this young Nuggets team right now. And I think that's just huge, and that's a message that I want the listeners to know, Cody, is that you only as strong as your weakest link. One for all, all for one. So if one of my teammates or somebody on my team is getting messed with, you best believe I'm going to jump ship and, and let people know, yo, it's my teammate. It's my dog. It's my boy. Back off. And I think that's a huge indication and a huge sign to your point. Like, yeah, this is for real now. And that goes a long way. So defend those who, quote, unquote, got your back. Absolutely. You need to have that. I, I don't care who you are. If you've ever played sports, if you if somebody's messing with your teammate, you better be there. Or at least, you know, I, I say this happened to me a lot in football, man. If somebody's talking smack to one of my teammates, we, we would all talk in, you know, defensively in the huddle. We would target that player. Not dirty, but we'd say, all right, we're going to make this guy's life a living hell. So if he's right. on the line of scrimmage, I'm going to jam him. I'm not going to let go of him. I'm going to drive him to the ground, and then I'm going to bury him again. You know, just things like that. You don't, you know, it's team sports. You got to you gotta stick up for your team. You got to stick up for them, or else teams are going to perceive that, oh, wow, they, you know, these guys don't really have a close bond. And exactly. you could tell that the Nuggets in any good sports team, Anytime there's a scuffle, everybody's got everybody's back. Mm-hmm. And I love that, man. That's the beauty of sports. Everyone's like, oh, that's ruining sports. No, you know what? I love competitive nature stuff. I love when things get a little chippy, mm-hmm. you know. It, it could be along the lines of, you know what, after a fight in the UFC, you just have a guy run into the crowd and start just jumping and kicking people <laughs> like right. we saw in the Conor McGregor-Khabib matchup, yes. you know. Stuff like that. It's crazy, man. I tell you what, man. I, I don't understand <laughs> sports sometimes because – the culture and just the drift of things is so different. You have teams that are okay with getting beat. You have yeah. teams that look so passive. And then you have teams that they lose by one point and, they, you know, they panic. They self-destruct. Right. Sports is a crazy, crazy thing, man. The psychology behind all of it, yes, sir. I love it. Yes, sir. Why not sports? Y'all heard it. So, also, we've, with our experience, in addition to our observation of sports, we've, to your point, noticed that, it's not always about the talent. It's about the chemistry. It's about the bond. I think those are attributes that are still underrated and that really doesn't take notice amongst people that cover sports. It's all about this person is this talented, this person averaging this uh, many points, or this person have this as far as their personal stat line. But they don't talk about, hey, this person right here is taking a lesser role for the you know sake for better sake of the team or this person and this person really have this type of bond to where hey you know when you step foot on that field or this court 
you know, if you mess with one, you got to mess with, you know, these people. Like, you know, like the defense. Remember, like the Legion of Boom or, you know, like they don't really make a collective, in my opinion, collective pieces and really name them. is still, in my opinion, a lot of individual uh, statuses compared mm-hmm. to a big group, you know, uh, name for people that's actually doing what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, and that I feel like has defined sports in a lot of ways. I mean, you get these monikers, you have obviously the fab five back in right. the day basketball. <laughs> exactly. Those guys wouldn't back down from anybody. You know, you have the bad boys, you yep. know, I feel like sports has evolved in such a way. We don't necessarily see that now. I mean, you go back and you watch old school NBA how physical, how aggressive it was. I mean, there was scuffles almost every night, <laughs> yeah. and it was fun to watch. Right. Scuffles these days are more like passive-aggressive. Yeah. I'm going to take a shot at you in, in the media when we do shoot-around or post-game, but then at, you know, next time we play each other, I ain't going to say nothing to you. you know? It's right. just like subliminal stuff now. Everything's just so passive-aggressive these days. But when you actually see somebody step up into somebody's face i love that man that is that's a lost art in sport we gotta <laughs> have more of that i'm telling you that will bring people together because sports like i hate to be so cliche about this but you look at sports it like if compare it to the olden days of rome and everything like mm-hmm. that Come sports on. is a gladiator coliseum spectatorship mm-hmm. and everybody is battling and all these people in the stands are watching yep that that's what they want yep. that's what they want and, and competitive nature like you, you know, we talked about it. I played sports, you played sports, mm-hmm. you know, Big Roy's played sports. Mm-hmm. It is a competitive thing. You have to have that inside of you. If you don't have a competitive nature inside of you, sports probably ain't your thing. And to your point, and look it up, for those rock with me, I usually have a look it up moment. So there was a moment to what we were speaking on where two players of opposing teams were going, he's kind of scuffling, it wasn't even serious. That was DeAndre Jordan from the Dallas Mavericks and Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks. And for those like shaking your head, yeah, Murph, we saw that. They teed them up and they weren't yep. even serious. It's like, man. Mm. So I'm just saying it's kind of, yeah, it takes the thrill and the fun away from actually watching the game when these guys are just playing. It wasn't even serious. So the referee should know. You know, they should they should kind of, you know, they, they know the vibe and the feel of the game before they would make a call. At least I believe. But obviously I was wrong. Mm, yeah, you. And it's just one of those things you never know of these days, man. And, and, and to your point, another look at a moment would be the Nuggets and the Thunder game. You know, they're getting ready to do a jump ball. And Jamal Murray doesn't even do anything. But Russell Westbrook smacks his hand and kind of shoves him. And then they tee both of the guys up. It's like, come on, let's <laughs> That just takes away, but I tell you what, people. If if you're if you're in the stands, you're excited. You're like, oh, we got some yeah, tension. Exactly. We got some conflict. Exactly. You love that, but the referees, you know, they tend to uh, kind of take the fun out of it a little bit. You almost see the same thing in the NFL. I love seeing you know dudes in the NFL after they you know smack somebody, uh, a big hit or a, a nice tackle, jawing at each other, talking. I mean, right. that's what you like. But then you always have NFL referees coming up, stepping in, kind of saying, "Hey, go over there, go over there," you know. <laughs> Let them play. Let them play. So, and that goes to outside of, you know, sports world just for a little bit. That might be a reason why as far as as the transition from athletes to, you know, non-athletes or going into the real world, why it's really hard for us to make that adjustment because, one, we're not able to have that happy balance between, you know, like you said, when we grew up, Coliseum mode, rugged, hard nose, and then making that transition to where they not teaching us, where you can still use your competitive spirit, Murph, or Cody or Big Roy, but you need to learn to, you know, do it like this and like that. And I think where the referees are calling it, it's just making it seem like you just – you, you're not able to really have that much fun and excitement because everything is being heavenly monitored, which to be successful, and Cody, you can attest to this, you still got to grind mentally, physically, in certain aspects, you know, to where you need to be successful. And I think as they do this in 
today's game, no matter professional or college, like we said, it's not as exciting as it once was as we was coming up. But look at the guys that were in that era. A lot of them off the court are more successful than the way the trend is going for today's athletes. Absolutely. And I feel as if when we take a look, everything is so watered down, not just in sports, but in life. Everything is so watered down. Everything is so... Everybody can say what they want to say behind a screen, right? There's no conflict resolution, I feel like, anymore in sports or even in life with people. And I feel like this is a good kind of testament to what we see. We see rivalries being created in sports. People love rivalries. I mean, you see it. You look. Let's take the UFC for example. Yep. The build up for some fights. Yes. It is trash talk. It is what yeah. it's whatever I can <laughs> I can pick apart to get you out of your element. After the fight, it's love. It's yep. all love. It's hug. It's handshake. It's respect. We don't have so much of that anymore, and that that's kind of the unfortunate thing. And the overall psychology behind all of it is Thank is you. crazy, man. It, it power. I, I'd say sports and, and influence and, and platforms that a lot of athletes have. Some of that power becomes too much. No one man should have all that power. Right. I agree. Spread the wealth. Spread the wealth. So, yeah, I, I, I'll thank you for, for adding, you know, that to it, man. So, like I said, I'm not going to keep talking about that, but I believe having us with successful platforms who play sports and who can, you know, resolve conflict, we can do that because that's how we grew up. That's how we played. And that's what allowed us to be to who and where we are today. But the way today's game is going as a whole, it's kind of like, man, whenever they got an issue or or uh, 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 um, some opportunities, they're not going to know how to overcome it or resolve it because it's kind of like, don't do it. Okay, no, push, push my buttons. Let me see how I react after the fact. You know what I'm saying? So I can grow and develop. And again, if you do have a family and or, you know, teammates or, you know, people is watching your every move. So it's always good to be able to influence because of things you had to overcome or things that you had to, um, oh, you know, not only overcome, but things you had to see from a different perspective so you can help the people around you or before you so they won't make those same mistakes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and I tell you what, sports is such a tremendous platform, which is why, you know, I'm very blessed to be able to cover some of the athletes that I cover and and kind of be around the team, see what, what goes on around the National Football League and just see what everybody's doing. Because as a billion dollar business, sometimes all we see is the product on the field, but we don't get to always see what the players organizations are doing off the field that to me is the most beautiful thing about sports i love that more than i love the on-field product because Mm -hmm. if you have a platform if you're not using your platform to do good for other people right i'm sorry it's it's a waste it's a waste and we have so many different issues as society and humanity that we we don't always see that it's like think about it this way we're on social media Mm -hmm. isn't it ironic isn't it weird when we see something positive we share it and we're like, oh my gosh, we need more of this, right? Mm-hmm. Because everything is so negative. Yeah. That is the crazy thing about it. So a lot of that stuff gets lost in the wayside of billion-dollar businesses, schedules, games, everything like that, man. And and I tell you what, sports, I mean, sports connects everybody. That's how we got connected. That's how everybody relates <laughs> yes, to it. You know, everyone is connected through sports. You know, on Mondays, when you, if you're a high school student, you go to school on Monday, you guys are talking about – the basketball game or the football game the mm-hmm. night before. You're talking about that. I mean, that's – I love it. Not uh, That's just too big, man. Yes, sir. And I want to talk to – just add to what you were saying as far as like UFC and the hype. So, the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight. Were you able to check that out a few weeks back? I was, man. And uh, it, <laughs> boxing is rough. I, I, I'm at a loss for words. It, yeah, I think Teddy Atlas had the best reaction to all of it because it it is flawed it is terribly flawed and it is a shame because these boxers are doing you know they're they're great athletes they're great competitors but the 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 fans the the history of boxing has taken a tremendous um loss it's taken a tremendous blow no pun intended there's a big cloud over boxing right now because everything is the judging the scoring None of it makes sense. If you watch right. that fight, you're you were appalled the fact that it was a draw. Yep, and to think period. about you know um, G three and Canelo, 
That was a draw. Like, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. Some of these biggest fights, yeah. it's like they don't want to hand a loss to somebody when you put two of the best competitors in the same exact ring. They don't want, they don't want somebody to come away with a loss. They, they'd rather end in a draw rather than say, hey, look, this guy won. I, I feel like it's so flawed, and it really takes away from being able to want to watch boxing, which boxing is amazing. You know, going back to the Tyson, the Muhammad Ali days, just if those are some of the biggest names in boxing, George Form, all these things. You don't have that anymore, and it's yeah. a shame. Nobody wants to tune into boxing anymore unless it's a big name. And even when they do, yeah. fans often find themselves disappointed at the end. You, you said it best, man. When I can remember, I was like, man, I've never seen a fight that was a draw. Now I'm like, man, the past few fights been a draw. Or has it been knockouts? You'd be like, man. But it goes back to what we said, man. It's just, it's not the same. Um, and, and, and that's one thing sports got to get back to. Where am I? Again, in my opinion, that's why a lot of the legends get so much recognition because of how they played their sport or or how much time they put in their craft. It was like you said, man. It wasn't when you saw a fight nine times out of ten, it was going to be a knockout or someone's going to be and or declared the winner. Now it's a more than a fifty percent chance it's going to be a draw. Yeah, <laughs> it takes away from it. it. Takes away from the the whole balance of people actually liking it. Exactly. To me, that is one of the biggest travesties in all sports. And, and you know, as taking a taking a page from Wilder till this day, huh. it's a shame, man. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, we still love sports. We still gonna cover it, and also we're using our platform to speak up and say, hey, just give us a little bit more of how it used to be when you couldn't predict an outcome of a sporting event. Now we can almost predict uh, Golden State going to win the NBA championship. It's a good chance this fight will be a draw. It's a good – you see what I'm saying? It shouldn't be yep. that way. We should be in suspense. Like, okay. But shout out to the Nuggets, though, holding that number one spot. Now that is suspense because I wasn't expecting that. But still, as time go on, we feel like majority of us, Golden State, will regain that spot and, and definitely repeat as champions. So, again, based on the numbers, based on the ratio and the percentages. I want to add now football, NFL. The past few weeks, there have been some surprise losses some surprise moves to where the NFL is becoming interesting. What are your thoughts on what you've seen in the NFL up until this point? Mm, that's tough. You know, I, I feel as if <laughs> when we watch the product on the field in the NFL, I think there's good football being played. However, I feel as if, and I hate making excuses, I feel as if officiating in the NFL has put a cloud over it completely this year. All across the board, not just for one team, not just for another team, but for every team, every game that we see, we, we're seeing more and more errors from the officiating side of things. We just cleared up not too long ago what a catch was. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard. It's taken us all this time to figure out what the hell a catch is. Now we got the issue where... We have, you know, helmet-to-helmet hits. We're flagging defensive players for leaning with their shoulder. How else are you going to take down a guy? Like if you're a six-foot corner going against a six-foot-five tight end like Rob Gronkowski, how are you going to just be able to tackle him if you did, if you can't even touch him? That's yeah. the thing is we see a flag now being thrown for any time there's a big hit. Make football violent again. I love violent football. I'm a defensive guy. Offensive, I feel like the NFL has made so many different rules to where NFL offenses can thrive. Case in point, let's go back to the Monday night football game against you know the Rams and the Chiefs. Ooh. 54 to 51. The NFL, I'm sorry. That game right there <laughs> has proven, it has singly proven that the NFL, they get high ratings for that. 
They want more of that. They want more entertaining, more shootout-type games that they will limit the defense's ability to play defensive football. That, to me, is a very dangerous trend that we're seeing. And you're right, because when I saw the yeah, when I saw the score, the final score, I was like, wait a minute, that that was I watching Madden? Wait, wait a minute, this is real life, and these are marquee teams. Like, I can be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I'm just saying, <laughs> you gonna put up points like that? But as a sports lover, as someone that has passion for the game. It's up to us to, to continue to let our voice be heard. And like you said, we're covering sports to shine lights on things that maybe the average sports commentator or sports host will bring up. And and I'm glad you spoke on that because I said something similar. It's like, Not even talking fantasy football because that was great from for the fantasy football listeners. Hey, the games like that is what it is. Defensively, you might not even put somebody in that slot because you're gonna end up with negative. But my point is, <laughs> for those out there, because you are a defensive guy, like like if you were playing in today's NFL, and I can't wait to Big Roy come on on, on the next. Uh, episode. And I want to get you. I'm gonna ask you this same question, and then get y'all perspective. But if you was playing the NFL today with the amount of points that is being put up consistently, do you think you would still have the same love and passion for the game, even though you busting your butt, but your those around you aren't really cool? I mean, aren't really like really caring that the opposition is scoring 30, 40 points a game. Mm, no, absolutely. If I'm playing defensive football, I, I I hate it. You know, for me, I go and, and this is the same thing. You watch some of these. You know, Chris Harris Jr. is a guy that Derek Wolf, Von Miller, they don't like that. They don't like giving up these. They don't like giving up more than even twenty points. You know, twenty points they feel like is too much for them. Now, as a player myself, I go back to when I played defensively. If we gave up over 20 points as well, if we, you know, if there's games, you know, there's games and shootouts, we gave up 26 points, 31 points, still came out with victory. You're not satisfied, man, because if you're a defensive player, you don't want them to get anything. You want to be able to just shut teams down and, and be able to be in control. Like you, if you get up big in a game, if you're aggressive defensively, you smack a team in the mouth and they can't get anything going. They get so frustrated. They melt down. They implode. Defensively, that is your goal every game. You want to see that happen. You want to see the opposing offense implode, and it's just more fun for you. I mean, you get more opportunities to go in and make a tackle. You know, going back to being a defensive football player, I absolutely loved it. We had certain games back when I was playing where, you know, championship games. I'm talking about games where, you're, you know, if you lose, season's over. Right. If you win, it's glory. It's glory for the rest of your life. You yeah. have that, that, that stature to you. We're in a game where the offense, our offense can't really move the ball. They're struggling. And we all look at each other in the eyes defensively, and we say in the huddle, guys, if we want to win this game, we have to score a defensive touchdown. If we want to win this game, we need to take the ball away, and we need to go six. We set challenges, and when you look each other in the eye and you say that, everybody believes in the same exact mission as you. Mm-hmm. Good things happen, man. I tell you, that's the beauty about it. I don't know if a lot of people really understand that, but – when offense is not going well, you got to take it upon yourself defensively. I mean, I coach high school football. I always tell my younger guys this too. Guys, defensively, we have to score. We have to find a way to get a pick, force a fumble, and take it the distance. And so you set challenges, and you hope that they can set those same exact challenges to be able to achieve that. Defensively these days in the National Football League, unless you're playing, you know, even I say actually at, even at Alabama, Alabama might be, the best defensive football team in the NCAA. But even then, they still give up some points. Mm -hmm. They have an offense that can absolutely put up points, so it helps when you have that. But at the same time, you look at teams like Oklahoma. They have a high-scoring offense. They have no defense. That is the crazy (laughs) thing about it. That is so frustrating. As a defensive coordinator, as a coach, as a guy who loves defensive football, I hate it. Yeah. And you're a businessman. I'm a businessman. ROI. What's your return on investment? I'm just saying. 
I'm just for on the defensively on the defensive side speaking defensively. It's kind of like you said, like oh, I, yeah. Anyway, I just gotta throw that out there, man. I'm like, yo, we need some changes up in here. Maybe somebody will make us a defensive coordinator or something. Maybe. Mm. I try to, man, but, you know, I've lost probably about 10 years of my life being a defensive coordinator, oh. you know, just like health-wise, stress-wise. That's ah, it's stressful. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that. Heads it, up. Well, I don't want that. Uh, <laughs> man. Well, you know, the thing is, too, and you know this as well as I do, man, coming from a football background, the, the issue is as a defensive coordinator, if you're a coach, you can instruct and, and align and, and hope that players execute, but you have no control over what happens on the field. Like, you call a blitz, yeah, you control that. But the guy giving up a 65-yard touchdown catch, you have no control over that. And that, to me, I'm a control freak, man. I like to be in control, be able to have my hand on things. And, and th- as a player, you have a say. You have a you have a say in the outcome because you're out there. You can physically do something. As yeah. a coach, man, you just got to watch and hope. It's like living on a prayer every week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And yeah. Yes, sir. You're right about that, man. I didn't even think of it from that aspect. But at the same time, it's going to take more than one, especially on the defensive end, having that defensive mindset to maybe get to those glory 85 bear days, those steel curtain. Come on, listeners out there, that's retro. We, 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 we can bring it back, man. History tends to repeat itself, right? Or things become full circle. So me and Cody, we, we speak putting that back out there. It might not happen today, but it can always turn around. <laughs> always. Always. There's always a chance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, I want to lastly speak on your Broncos. Because like I said, we're going to be back. So, I'm not going to ask for predictions yet. But for those listeners out there, please check out the episode we did with Cody. About a year ago, title was... Will the Broncos get back to their winning ways? Can you answer that question? Are they back in their winning ways? <laughs> Are they? Hey. It's just for the world, man. They they curious before they even check it out. They want to make sure if the, if this answer will get them to go back and check that episode out. I would say there's there's progress. Okay, there is there is progress there. Now a lot of it is. You look at the 2018 Broncos, you compare it to the 2017 Broncos. The 2018 Broncos are a much more disciplined, better coached team. They they started off really on the wrong foot this season. I believe heading in, there was a three and six on the, you know, going into the bye week. And then they come off the bye week. They went three straight on the road at LA, home against Pittsburgh. And then they go on the road and beat Cincinnati. Obviously, you have a tough loss to the 49ers and you got the Browns. In town as well. So the Broncos, there's progress there. But there's a consistent trend that one position, either the running back, either the tight end, on the opposing side of the ball, they always have big games. And so the Broncos have been really decimated by injuries. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, he, he tore his Achilles tendon in practice. That That's a huge blow for them offensively. Chris Harris Jr. against the Bengals on the first series of the game suffered a chip fracture in his fibula. So they lost some of these key players, man. So they've had to rely on some young guys, but I, I think they're on the right track. They have a very good draft class, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Josie Jewell, you know, Bradley Chubb at, you know, number five overall, tearing up the NFL this year. Him and Von Miller combined have 25 and a half sacks between the both of them. You know, Von at 13 and a half and Bradley Chubb at 12. You know, and, and Bradley Chubb, with three weeks left in the regular season, has an opportunity to break Yvonne Curse's rookie sack record in the NFL. He's already passed Von Miller's rookie sack record for the franchise, mm-hmm. but all he needs is three sacks in these last three games to be able to secure that record. So there's a lot of bright spots. There's a lot of optimism. And I think the Broncos are heading in the right direction. And, you know, it's just going to – I think it's going to take another year or two. Okay. Year two to be more of a playoff contender, championship contender. I would say more so along the lines. I feel as if we, we've seen how competitive the NFL is. The Chargers, the Chiefs in that division, very good teams, right? So when you're, you're, when you're a, a team in that division where you have two really good teams, it's it's going to be hard. So you have to take advantage of those matchups. You obviously have to win. I think the Broncos, 
they, they still have a chance right now to be a playoff team this year. Yeah, it's a big, it's like a very small percentage, but they have a chance to do that. I think next year the Broncos do have a significant chance to go back to the playoffs, and that's the goal. I mean, they haven't been to the playoffs uh, in the last two and a half years. It could be three years if they don't make it this year. So for John Elway and the Broncos organization, they uh, it, it's hard. It, it's hard when you're a franchise that's used to winning. I feel as if a lot of Broncos fans don't realize, you know, we were all spoiled by Peyton Manning. You know, when Peyton Manning came to the team, we were very spoiled there. Before that, it was Jake Plummer. Uh, you know, before that, it was John Elway, you know. So the quarterback position still been a big question mark for the Broncos. They need more from Case Keenum. He's, he's shown flashes, but the consistency is not there. He really, his, his production level is all along the same lines right now as it was with Trevor Simeon. So the Broncos have some question marks there that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they draft the quarterback in uh, the 2019 draft. You know, it's just one of those things I want to develop. When you're in a market, you can't get a free agent quarterback every single year and, and try to test it. You got to develop, you got to draft the quarterback, you got to develop him. You have to do that. And we've seen NFL teams find their quarterbacks. So, you know, the Broncos are still searching. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. Now, there might be a quarterback <clears throat> that might decide to leave baseball to come back, possibly, potentially. <laughs> yeah, take, the, take the money, man. Take the money in the MLB. I, I tell you what, you can make $300 million there with the no salary cap rule in the NFL. You're going to be limited. And he's a phenomenal player and – I think you're talking about Kyler Murray here. Yes, you know, sir. He's a, he's I'm, I'm a for those stud. Yes, sir. I haven't seen a player like him in a long time just be as electric. You know, and <laughs> Oklahoma to have back-to-back -back years with a Heisman winner at quarterback, uh, it's special. That kid is very damn special. And I, yes, sir. He's fun to watch, man. And so when the college football playoffs come, you know, especially that matchup against Alabama, Ooh. I'm going to be – Here's my thing. We talked about it a little bit ago. They have no defense, though, so can they can they keep up and can they outscore Alabama in this matchup? That is going to be the big, big key to watching this entire game, man. But he's a special talent, man, and they have some good receivers, and, and I feel as if it could be, you know, with the college football playoffs, you never know. But right. them having all this time off, like Alabama and Oklahoma having all this time off, if, if you're a team that's going to have to play Alabama, you're like, why the hell do they get three and a half, four weeks to prepare for this man. game, man? It's crazy, man. They're the Alabama. That just goes to show the consistency of an or you know a franchise that they had down there, and and they do things the right way. I mean, you look at the guys that they recruit, and they're all key, they're all team players. They all play their role, and and they're sizable. And if you're a defensive guy, you're like you're excited. You're like, man, I don't even have to call plays. Let these guys just go play. <laughs> And I, I got one last thing to say because I, I know I know some of the listeners like it's not like y'all contradicting yourself. Y'all want a high scoring game, but then you still just you know don't really know what to expect. We just call it how we see it. As a fan, yes, we all are fans. But as the athlete in us, as someone that develops kids or children or youth in playing the game, we don't want them to get accustomed. There's exceptions to every rule. There are breakthrough moments or breakthrough games that, yes, there are exceptions. But for the fundamental or the foundation, back to hard nose sports in your face, I don't want you scoring nothing. Because I remember when I was playing, and it wasn't even that long ago, but you scored a certain amount of points, we running. Yep. <laughs> we like, y'all, we gave up. Y'all already know we running, whether it's miles or – Certain uh, sprints, like it, we, yeah, we was trying to prevent teams scoring a certain amount. That's what we did, and we, to your point, yeah, we got pissed if they got a certain uh, amount of points on us. So I'm just saying, yeah, we're not contradicting ourselves. I promise. We just letting the world know that hey, let's try to go back to the basics and the fundamentals. Because once you are done with your career. Or in the line of sports, will you still have those goals to where you need to be disciplined? Because in this real world, and Cody, you already know, brother, it ain't nothing is going to be handed to us. We have to earn. We have to fight. We have to claw for everything we have and make sure we stay on our P's and Q's because if not, like you said before, man, it, it could be a shootout. And you don't want shootouts because that means there's no discipline. There's no type of foundation. It's kind of like just that just free, you know, free-spirited, you know, environment. And, and you got to be on your P's and Q's and watch out for 
you know, a lot that's going around, going yep. on, I should say. So I just wanted to end it on that note as far as for those listeners that might be like, mm, yeah. So want to clarify that and, clear, and give them a different perspective. Hey, man, bring back seven to three football games. I Come on. love it. <laughs> Unpopular yes, opinion there, man. Yes, but sir. I, you know what? I, I love it. I'm all for it. Yes, you sir. find me. You find me close up, bringing my eyes close, like two inches away from the TV when we have <laughs> games like that. I'm watching alignment. I'm watching technique. I'm watching if that linebacker feels when that guard pulls, and I'm excited for defensive football. I love it, man. Yes, I love sir. it. And, and let's continue to be an advocate for defensive uh, mind games, defensive schemes that work. That is being actually utilized in sports, whether it's from peewee, high school, college, and professional. But, Cody, I appreciate you, brother. We got it in, man. We, we, we've been getting it in, man. Give them something different to, to, to ponder on and chew up and digest. And I, I believe we're we going to have a few comments. We're going to have a few statements from this episode, but that's the beauty of it. I know you holding it down on Locked On Broncos. I'm looking forward to reaching out to some Locked On out here in Houston, Texans, Rockets. I don't know. I got to do more research, but I'm yep, sure. they got all of them. See? They got the Texans. They got the Rockets. <laughs> they have the Cowboys. They had everything, man. It's Locked On everything. So, 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 Cody, I, I need a, a recommendation, brother, or reference. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's Absolutely. the case if I'm not able to get through. He'd be like, yeah, that's that's my brother, man. Give him a, let, invite him on as a guest or something. But anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll make it happen. I appreciate that too, man. So for those out there, man, if you can just give them your social media handles, where they can find you again, where they can listen, where they can find you. Because like I said, we're going to get some statements. We're going to have people hit you up, man. And I look forward to the feedback, just like from the first show. You received a lot of feedback and uh, more positive. So thank you again. And and for those first-time listeners, we greatly appreciate you guys. So, yeah, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, I love interacting with anybody and everybody if it's sports-related. Just just holler at me, at Cody Rourke NFL. Very excited to talk sports with all you guys. Be, Be, you know, pop in. If I'm not following you back, say, hey. Follow me back, man. I like to follow everybody. I'm not one of those guys that has close to 10,000 followers and doesn't follow anybody back or follows to unfollow, man. So love talking sports with everybody, man. But, yeah, Cody Work NFL, if you want to talk sports anytime, shoot me a a line over there. Hit them up, y'all. Hit them up. And tell tell them D-Murph. Tell them the big homie, you know, sent, sent you his way so we can do this again. But, world, I appreciate you guys as usual for those out there rocking with me. We love y'all. Until next time, peace. For now, I am Cole Johnson of Cole Sports. And this has been your Why Not Sports Short. This has been a special report from Why Not Sports. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming already in progress.